You're listening to Dance Matters podcast series, created for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path. In it, I speak to a variety of people who work with or are interested in dance. I begin each conversation asking them what are the first three words that come to their mind when they think about dance? Spirituality, connection to Mother Earth, connection to everyone. From there, we freestyle into a plethora of themes that touch upon the relationship between dance and care for the environment. We speak about connection between dance and intuition. We dream about a world where everyone would dance, a world without judgment and with a greater sense of community. We look at the connection between dance and uncertainty and how dance could teach us to embrace the natural flow of life. And amongst all this talk about movement, we also consider the importance of stillness and silence, both in dance and in life. In the episode you're about to listen, you will hear from dancer and choreographer Yorgo Kaporis who is also artistic director of Dusha Balkana, the Australian Academy of Balkan Dance and Culture. With Yorgo, I spoke about the significance of pagan dances, their role in the community life and ritual, and their relationship to honoring the Mother Earth. Yorgo also explains how unique vibrations of various instruments used in pagan dances open up energy centers in our bodies, causing the experience of release and harmony. This podcast was recorded on the Gadigal land of Eora Nation, traditional custodians of the land on which we live, work and dance, and we pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging. What three words come to your mind when you think about dance? Spirituality, connection to Mother Earth, connection to everyone. I know that's not three words, but it's... It's three concepts. Three right? concepts, yeah. Is there a link between connection to everyone and connection to Mother Earth? Absolutely. So, especially with um, Balkan dancing, we all hold hands. And we usually, if you look at the old styles of dancing, they were all holding hands in a complete closed circle. What does the circle represent? unity inside outside 
it was a way for them in the old days to keep evil spirits on the outside, good spirits on the inside. But look at what's happening in a circle. The heart chakra is pointed in towards the centre of the circle. Mm -hmm. So you look at... Um, a lot of the ritual dances, someone will always break off and do some stuff right in the centre of the circle. Why? Because you've got the ecstasy point of where everyone's energy is concentrated inward, looking at that person who's feeling everybody's vibration and dancing according to what their spirit is feeling. That's beautiful because somehow in modern society, coming into the circle has become this thing of being exhibitionist. You know, it maybe yeah. has lost that connection with the spirit in some way. I think, I think it has. You know, but there's also that shy element as well where people think, oh, I don't want to go in the centre of the circle, I might not be good enough. You know, expressing yourself through dance isn't about being good enough or bad enough or wonky or feeling awkward about what you're doing. It's about being able to freely express how you feel and how you interpret the music. However, in ritual and Balkan dances, in pagan dances that you specialize in, there are particular choreographies and steps that you are taught yes. to dance. Where is then your own expression in that? I was curious, and is there room for interpretation? So I do a lot of interpretation from the music. I let the music dictate to me how I'm going to choreograph, the shapes and patterns I'm going to form in the choreographies, which are usually geometric shapes and sequences. I will always start the dance off with the traditional steps from wherever that, that region is where the dance originates. I think it's important to show those original steps so that they're not lost because they've been around for hundreds of years and as a choreographer we allow ourselves open to artistic expression and my artistic expression is like a funnel. Once I start with those traditional steps and then I keep hearing the music hundreds of times over and my feet will just start doing things on their own and that funnel just gets wider and wider and I, I just let loose and really let the universe and my own DNA dictate what's going to happen to that dance. It makes me think about a dancer from UK, a dancer and choreographer, his name is Akram Khan, who has a background from Kathak dance in India. And he said that the only time he's still is when he dances. Love it. And it's not a stillness in terms of standing still or sitting still. It is the stillness of mind because you are so involved in the dance and the steps and everything that you're doing that the mind just becomes still. I call it meditation in movement. Mm -hmm. It's fluid. It flows. You don't need to think about anything. And that's why I understand he says that the only time he becomes still is when he's dancing. Mm -hmm. Nothing clears my mind as much as dance Absolutely. Does.
Absolutely. And I've, I've, had, I've got a really, really sore ankle because I overdid it last year with a bit too many things. Um, so even at Woodford, when you saw, like, my ankle was shot. But as soon as the music starts and you're out there presenting, everything just goes. Mm. I'm dancing now, so nothing bothers me. Since you went into the legs and the ankle, one thing that I really noticed, and it was never as clear as when I danced with you in Woodford, is how much stamping of the earth there is in this traditional dancing. The ones you were teaching us were from Balkans, but then I looked at the ones from England and, and various other places, and everything involved lots of stamping of the earth. Absolutely. Is there a reason for that? Yeah, it's honoring Mother Earth. There's particular dancers in the Balkans that actually honour Mother Earth where we stamp into the earth to wake up the spirits and say, provide us with a good harvest, provide us with the health and prosperity, we'll give back to the earth what you give back to us. And we've forgotten that in this society. Um, I remember reading, because I used to dance barefoot until I used to have this, um, this ankle problem where I have to strengthen it up and get it better. And... I remember reading an article that said the biggest downfall of human society was the invention of shoes. We have lost our direct connection with Mother Earth. We have lost our direct connection with feeling who we are. What's underneath our feet? What's underneath our feet? Mother Earth is living and breathing. If she's living and breathing and she's emitting energy, and I'm dancing and honouring everything she does for us to sustain us, then really I'm feeling her from the soles of my feet coming right up to the top of my head. So, you know, stamp, let, let stamp to, to reawaken and invigorate the spirits and say, we know you're here. Yeah. Well, and that was actually the only thing that I missed in that experience, dancing with you and dancing with other people in circle and coming to this harmony of movement and, and those beautiful rhythms around us. But I miss the fact that we are not on the grass. We Well, I was barefoot. Yeah. But still, there was this barrier between me and the earth. And you were talking about Mother Earth and connecting to her. And then I just felt there is this thing that just blogs that full connection. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's quite a shame because everything's become about WHS and health and safety and watch this and watch that. Um, geez, people have been dancing for thousands, if not millions of years on this planet. They're on they're honoring not only themselves, but they're honoring Mother Earth. As soon as we put that barrier there, I mean, I'm pretty sure she knows that we're honouring her, mm -hmm. but I can't feel her. There is that barrier. Mm -hmm. The Yabun Festival here in, here in Sydney, so I don't see any of the Indigenous Australians dancing up on a stage. They create a sand circle. Why? Because they need to maintain that connection and that relationship. It's been forgotten in our modern day dancing. But from another perspective, the, the heart chakra just becomes so activated 
when I'm dancing or demonstrating or on stage, that it's this just real expression of open heart, mm -hmm. spreading that love and getting people to to connect just from just from that energy that comes through that. You're now mentioning heart chakra, but when we spoke just a bit earlier before we started recording, you have mentioned that there are particular sounds or particular instruments that connect to different chakras in our yeah. bodies. I think there are seven, if yes. I'm right. There's more than seven, but there's the seven main chakras. Yes. Yeah. Can you talk to me a bit about that, how and which instruments connect with Absolutely. Which so if we look at the, the drum, any sort of drum, what sound is the drum emitting? It's a really low doom, doom. Doom. What's that stimulating? We're talking about our base chakra there. The drum is one of the oldest instruments found all over the world. So it's that connection to that primordial um, being, you know, letting go, feeling the vibration there. So the drum definitely stimulates the, the, the base chakra there. Um, with a lot of the instruments in the Balkans, I look at the gaida. So in Macedonian, we call it gaida. Yeah. So it's like a pipe. Yeah. So it's a bagpipe. 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 Yeah. yeah. Um, as soon as that starts with that, look at where the vibration is coming from. That there's a drone, and there's the um, mouthpiece that that creates all the different tones and sound, it's pure heart chakra. So it's stimulating the heart chakra. It's a higher resonance than the drum. It's still got the drone in there. Why? Because we're connecting the base chakra with the heart chakra and through the sacral all coming up so they all become connected. Um, the drone is one big long tube. That's what's being created through that. It's the big long tube of connection. Um, the kaval, which is a flute-type instrument, um, no mouthpiece on it. So the Macedonian kaval, they play like you're skimming a Coke bottle off, off to the side. Much higher pitch, throat chakra. So that's where, where the throat chakra stimulation happens. When people in the Balkans sing, they will often try to emanate those instruments by holding particular notes or resonating or doing like an open throat type singing. It's, it's that whole connection that then when the instruments are combined all together, um, tambura is, is another one, stringed instrument. It's like a small bazooki type instrument. As soon as the ding, 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 it's a higher, higher pitch again and you've got third eye and crown chakra. Combine all those instruments together, the ancient people knew what they were doing. They knew what the connections were. They knew that the sound resonance of all these instruments brought together was what was going to open oneself up mm -hmm. to stimulate all of those. Is it stimulating chakras only in those who play instruments or is it transferred to those who dance? It's transferred to everybody who's dancing and listening. Um, I mean, you could be, you don't even need to be dancing. You could be sitting down and just listening to the music and it's still going to stimulate all of those chakras. When we spoke about improvisation and the space for improvisation in traditional dance, you mentioned geometry. Can you tell me a bit about 
significance and what kind of geometry you had in mind? Yeah. Again, a lot of the choreography is based around natural elements that were around the people. So a spinning wheel, for example, or a water wheel. Um, the dancers will hold all hold hands in the centre facing outways and make the shape of, of that spinning wheel. A lot of the embroideries that exist in the Balkans are all geometric shapes. It's not very usual that you're going to see a nice perfect circle. It's squares, it's diamonds, it's complex star shapes. There, there's flowers incorporated in it because there's our connection to nature and what we see around us and what we, what we feel around us. So that's brought out into the choreography. Where's the significance? The significance is sacred geometry has its own resonance and its own vibration as well. Combine that with the instruments, combine that with choreography and shapes you are making while you are dancing, and you've got a whole picture of energy work happening. Why are people happy when, when they're dancing? A, scientifically it releases a lot of endorphins, but when you look at the spiritual aspect of it, because you're in absolute harmony with, with everything, everything around you, next time you dance, have a look around you and the green on trees looks greener. Um, you know, you can feel various vibrations and, and energies working around you. It's like the clear vision after that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it usually lasts quite a while. It's almost, it's almost like having, um, look, the only thing I can really, I've never done any drugs, so I can't, I can't refer to any drugs, but I have done ayahuasca mm -hmm. in, in, in Peru. And really the only thing I can liken it to is almost like a um, mild form of ayahuasca experience where you just are totally open up to the universe. And there's that funnel again. Mm. Totally open up to the universe. So you become this vessel that's receiving energy from the universe and from the earth that you stand on. And you're in this ecstasy. Mm. And, and that ecstasy lasts for half an hour, an hour after you finish dancing as well. That's why we feel so good and so happy and relaxed. So imagine the world where everyone would dance. And there Incredible. Would be as you mentioned, and I've been reflecting on that, that there are so many people out there who have lost freedom to dance, who feel afraid to dance. Yeah. What do you think happened? Why did some people, why do some people feel that they can't dance? I think society, I think people are cruel when it comes to pointing out someone who's doing something a little bit different or expressing themselves a little bit differently or can't maintain timing properly. It's that whole embarrassment thing. Well, I don't want to embarrass myself anymore. I don't want people to talk about me. Do you know what? Who cares? Who cares? It's that whole saying, dance like nobody is watching you. Who cares? Because as long as you have maintained your freedom in what you've wanted to express and you've walked away feeling fantastic about yourself, if someone's pointing the finger or someone's snickering or someone's laughing, that's their own reflection. 
It's not a reflection on what you're doing and what you're experiencing. It's a reflection on them being totally ego-minded and going, oh, look at that, they're not doing that properly. What's proper? Uh, you know, that, that's, that could be that person's artistic expression. Who am I to define, excuse me, you're not doing that properly? Looking at the history of pagan dances, is your understanding and your knowledge of it that at those times everyone participated in dance? Absolutely. Absolutely. And look, you still go back to the villages in Mas in anywhere in the Balkans. I keep referring to Macedonia, obviously, because of my background. But you go you go to any of the villages in in the Balkans and there's always some sort of festivity going on. If not a weekly basis, it could be bi-weekly, it could be once a month. And the churches knew what was going on with these pagan rituals and have attached saints to particular festivities. But you talk to the old people and they talk about this dance being in relation to honouring snakes and the snakes eating mice around the cornfields and the wheat fields and um, providing that element of protection. It's modern Christianity that has identified the snake as an evil kind of symbol. We, we've got dances where we weave like snakes as part of the choreography. What are we doing? We're honouring snakes. We're honouring snake gods, if you like. You know, provide us with that protection. So those pagan elements still continue. But of course, with the advent of Christianity, people have changed their outlook on it and, and their concept on it. But they all know what they're doing and they're all related to pagan, mm. pagan rituals. Mm. And I'm wondering what happens to the society that stops dancing like that, holding hands, coming into circle and sharing in something like that. What kind of society do we create by not dancing? We first of all lose connection of ourselves. We then lose connection of the people that are around us. And what happens when you lose those connections? You lose connection with Mother Earth, you lose connection with Father Son, you lose connection with the elements, you lose connection with what it means to express yourself and be part of a community. Well, I was born in the 70s, so when I was growing up, we had the extended families where you had uncles, aunties, cousins, grandparents living with you. Modern society has taught us that we're supposed to live separately. We're losing that connection. What's happening though? We're looking at this big turnaround in communal living. Why do people want communal living? It's connecting. It's about being in touch with other people. I find it really sad when I look at particular regimes all around the world that stop their people from expressing themselves in dance because those politicians, they know what they're doing. They're purposely killing people's identities that have existed for thousands of years. And joy and freedom. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like you said before, imagine if the whole world danced. What happened to dance in our school curriculums? When I was growing up in primary school and high school, we all did dancing. Didn't matter what type it was, we all did some form of dancing. It's gone. 
It's gone. It's about learning mathematical equations and learning... No. Dancing has got mathematical equations in it. Let's look at the mathematical equations in that and what it's doing to our, to our body. All those studies of if you want to prevent Alzheimer's and actually physically getting old in your mind, what's the best exercise to do? Dance. Yeah, I mean, you were talking about geometry, but then also, if I'm correct, there is something in the rhythm of the Balkan dances, Balkan music, that's similar to the rhythm of a peacefully beating human heart. So we've got a dance in Macedonia and Bulgaria called Paitushko. So dusho, as you know, means soul. The rhythm for Paitushko is dum-dum, 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 dum-dum. What's that? That's my heartbeat. Why are we doing... Why is there a rhythm that's honouring my heartbeat? Why, when I do the dance Paitushko... Do I feel this ecstatic explosion that's coming from my heart chakra? Mm -hmm. It's just fascinating and I keep on going back to the ancients knew the secrets of all of these rhythms and everything and they've just been lost. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love you're describing experience as the an expansion, but for example, I experience more of real grounding. And for me, that stillness is like just going really in and connection to the earth. I mean, there is also this connection and expansion to the universe. But yeah, there is this combination of real peacefulness and expansiveness. And yeah, and I wish, yeah, I just wish everyone felt free to do it. And then I'm imagining this world where everyone dances. I'm imagining it as a world without judgment. Absolutely. And I think it comes with age as well. You actually stop giving a shit the older you get. I'm nearly 50 and I just couldn't give a rat's kahuna about what anybody says or what anybody thinks anymore. How did you get into dance in the first place and why pagan dances? So um, it's my cultural background. So I'm half Greek, half Macedonian. Dad's Greek, mum's Macedonian. I grew up around a lot of the Macedonian side of the family because I had cousins who were my age who are Macedonian. Um, so I, I feel more Macedonian than I do Greek. Um, I identify stronger to the Macedonian culture, um, also because my Macedonian grandparents were here in Australia, but also because I feel... I just feel more connected to Macedonian music than I do to Greek music. Mum tells the stories that when I was very, very young, I'm talking one, two, three years old, mum being quite religious and would go to church every Sunday, and I used to dance in the church to the psalm singers. So obviously ingrained in me, and the ladies in church used to turn around and say, this is a house of God, he should not be dancing in here. And mum would turn around and say, what's to say he's not dancing for God? And that would obviously shut them up. And they'd, um, was your mother a dancer? Never professionally. It was always village events and any, you know, dance organisations from the community and stuff. But 
she's a very good dancer. She loves dancing. Loves it. So she's a dancer. Why do we Basically. need this world? Yeah, why do, yeah, why do we... Yeah, exactly. And, and again, there's, there's my thought process where you just kind of go, oh, well, no, she doesn't get paid for it. She just dances at social events. So, yeah, you're right. She's a, she's a dancer. And she felt what dance means, that it could be a connection yeah. to God or dancing for some divinity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, I think... I got into, you know, I went to Macedonian school, I went to Greek school as part of going to those Saturday schools as if five days wasn't enough a week. As part of going to those schools, they offer the cultural dancing because that's what you're learning. And I was always put at the front of the line to lead the lines. Um, I'd break off and do my own little steps and stuff during performances, which used to drive the dance teachers crazy. But the crowds would absolutely love it because they could see I was expressing myself the way I wanted to express myself according to what the music was telling me to do. Um, so from a very, very young age, I was, I was dancing and just have always been in, into dance. So I've danced professionally ballroom for many years. Um, I've done ballet for many, many years. I always come back to my traditional dancing because there's a real spiritual connection to it. Loved ballroom, loved ballet, but very unnatural forms of dance. I love how you said that when you would go on your own tangent and express yourself, and again, that word improvisation comes to mind, how crowd would love it. So it makes me think, and that's my experience when I see somebody on the dance floor who is just completely in their freedom. And very often these are the people who didn't have dance training and who might even say, oh, I'm not a good dancer. And then they go and they invent something. And I'm like, I'm just loving observing that. And I think what people actually love observing is freedom. Absolutely. I mean, the energy that person is exuding when they're just totally free and expressing themselves, it's mesmerizing. Yeah, but it's also something that we all know we have lost. So there is nostalgia in that yeah. looking. Yeah. Like, I want to be this person. Absolutely. So how would you engage with this question, why does dance matter now? And I would like to separate it in two questions. One is, why does dance matter in general, always? And then why now in particular? Dance matters because... It is connecting with yourself. It is a form of meditation that you can do in big group settings at home by yourself in the lounge room. Put on some music and just dance and see how you feel about yourself and your environment. We've been dancing for millions of years on this planet, which goes into the next question of why does it matter now? The vibrations that are coming through to the earth at the moment are so low and so heavy and so designed to bring everybody down. We're addicted to our iPhones. Our faces are in a blue screen. We've got no connection to anything or anyone anymore. Why it matters now is it's going to lift the vibration of the earth. It lifts the vibration of the people next to you and around you. It is connecting and holding hands again so that we 
amplify that vibration so it's not just one person trying to save humankind and the planet and all the energies that that are trying to bring us all down it matters now because we need to lift all of that we need to express who we are what we are and why we are that's why it matters now and that's why dance matters just in general Thank you for listening to Dance Matters podcast series produced for the Interchange Festival and commissioned by Delving into Dance and Critical Path. This podcast was recorded and edited by Ira Ferris with music and production support of Trevor Brown. For other eight episodes in this series, see Dance Matters playlist on Artemis Project SoundCloud. And you can also listen via iTunes.